Welcome to Broad Ideas. Hi. Hi. Hey. 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 Uh, we have my very good friend today, Miss Jamie King. Came on the scene as a model. My God, like the most beautiful face ever. And I have known her for a very long time. I've even worked with her myself. But people may know her from Party City. Dixie, oh. maybe. White chicks. I mean, honestly, her resume goes on and on. But she's here with us today, and I'm so grateful. So let's talk to Jamie. Sometimes when the world feels insane, you can take a little peek inside of Rachel's little brain. All these thoughts are swirling round and round inside to join us on this journey as we take a little ride. We'll talk about dogs and kids and things. We'll talk about chicks and tampon strings. We'll talk about boys that make you cry. We'll talk about death because people die. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? <laughs> good. My beauty. It's so good to see your face. It's so good to see you too. Something just came to me this moment. Yeah. I don't know if you'd be down to talk about, but I remember years ago I saw a video where you did something with Michael Hayes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Michael Hayes, he does like past life regression and <gasps> stuff. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my husband went to him and I know his wife and like, all of that. And I remember thinking, I would love to hear about your experience with that kind of stuff too. Oh, absolutely. That's a, that's a long journey. Yeah. But it's so funny because I just read Many Lives, Many Masters. Do you know that oh, okay. Book? Yeah. And so all this past life stuff has been really present with us. So I didn't know that. I, didn't even, I don't know who that is though. Michael Hayes. What did you say? Sorry, I got distracted. I have two kittens. Oh my oh. gosh. Now I have three cats. It's a freaking zoo in here. They do this thing I call Spidey Cat, where they're trying to get outside because they can't go outside yet. And they climb the door, like the... <laughs> yeah. Like what's the that? screen. The screen door. Wait. Let's see. These babies. Oh, oh my gosh. Babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're Cat wild. Attack. Yeah, Michael Hayes is awesome. And so is Alicia, his wife. That, yeah, I know Alicia. I love her. Yeah. So much. I went to the same school they did. What one? USM. Me too. You went to, you USM? Went to USM? Yeah. Wow. How did I, I not know first, that? I first met the Hayes's when I was 19. And then oh, wow. I was in seminary school for, I was ordained when I was 24. And then I went to the Masters of Spiritual Science and Psychology. Yeah. And... Yeah, I've been doing that ever since I was very, very young. How did you get into that? I got into it when I was in New York and my boyfriend had passed away. Mm. And it really left me in like a lot of, like not knowing what to believe because I was so young, right? And so mm. it was really kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, if there's some kind of God or something to believe in, like what, what is it? And I found this book called Spiritual Warrior. It's written by John Roger. Yeah, And what I loved about it was like one of the first things that it said was something like, you know, if you read this book and believe everything in it, then you're an idiot. Basically. <laughs> I'm like, I like this dude. He's punk rock. He's cool. <laughs> and, um, and really what he's like, if it works for you, great. And if it doesn't have the what to let it go, but you got to test it out for yourself. And so I started um, 
doing spiritual exercises, i.e. it's an active form of meditation, free form writing. I started u- utilizing all the tools that were in this book. And I had such severe anxiety at that age. And I never knew what anxiety attacks were. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know, you know, as a teen that like they even existed. But yeah, so I booked my first movie, Happy Campers. And I was so afraid that if I went there and did it, that I'd have like a heart attack. Oh. because I was so frightened all the time about death mm. um, that I felt really unsafe to not be near a hospital. And that sounds like crazy, but it's not crazy at all. No, because no. when you experience a loss like that at a young age, um, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to go through. But that book, as I, as I utilized the tools more and more and more and more, it completely changed my life. And so a big part of the reason why I chose to uh, move to Los Angeles, you know, completely when I had a place in New York and then I bought here for work uh, was ultimately so I could keep studying. Wow. And so I've worked with Michael and Alicia since I was a baby. Um, they're family members to me. Alicia is one of my son's godmothers. Oh my God, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I don't, it makes me emotional. They're really <laughs> and I was just talking, I was just emailing with Mary, yeah. Mary Holnick yesterday. What? Mm-hmm. Mary Holnick is like the, the main teacher at USM. She's like, I feel like she's an angel incarnate. She is. Like she's literally the most profound, poignant, dead on woman I've ever encountered. She's exquisite. Yeah, that makes sense that both of you have this connection to these people, like knowing both of you, you know, so well, and that you have this. These are really, really special people. But so do you. Karma is what attracts, right? Mm. Karma is not some kind of hippy dippy thing. It literally just means action, Mm -hmm. right? And it's it's neither good nor bad. It just is. Mm -hmm. And so, out of the billions of people on the planet, why is it that the three of us are sitting here talking right now? Why is it that? Grace, that you and I have worked together for so long and love each other so much and have been through within, you know, I was thinking about the other day, like how many hours we worked, all the stuff that, do you know what I mean? Like, and that's lifetimes in itself. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most amazing things about, you know, all of this is to really realize that we're not on this journey by ourselves right. at all, no. you know? Yeah. And to spread the light, you know, and not just in like a hashtag kind of term. Mm-hmm. is to just be as close of a vessel of it as you can, you know? Right. And if people are attracted to that and they ask questions about it, then great, you know? If not, doesn't matter because you're just here. We're here to love and we're here to create and to inspire and, you know, hopefully pose questions through the work that we do and, mm-hmm. and reflect back to humanity that they're not by themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's what I love in life is like when you constantly get affirmations when you're surrounded by the right people or you're in the yeah. right direction or whatever it is and you get all these like synchronicities and things lined up and when you are aware enough to really notice and appreciate them. And yes. it's not everybody, you know, because I think people go about their days and these things happen and they're not aware. But to have that awareness, obviously there's like a spirituality to it. There's a lot there and I think just being aware is such a beautiful thing and yeah it's true and those things are the things that get me through life you know Mm. like no matter what's going on like when it's when you're like when I'm like oh man 
Like how can a particular area get more challenging or this, right. And then it's like, boom, we get to have conversations like this. Right. Or, you know, or like it's an exchange, a two second exchange with someone, you know, at a grocery store or Mm -hmm. a glance or a glimpse of something that consistently reminds us that, that we're not alone and that, you know, there's an interconnectedness, Mm -hmm. you know, between all of us. Yeah. Jamie, it's so, I'm always so fascinated because you have lived such life. You know what I mean? Like you started so young as a model and like coming up in that world at that age, I mean, how do you think that has shaped you? I mean, it feels like I've literally lived 5 billion lives in this one life. You know, coming from Omaha, Nebraska to then going to a big city when I never had an opportunity like that before. Mm-hmm. And suddenly going to all these different countries. What it, what it taught me is how to relate to many different people, mm-hmm. you know, and to be educated by these brilliant artists. And it also taught me to know when something was ready to be done and complete, mm-hmm. like, like to master one area. And then that, that there's this thing inside of me that's like, okay, you know, within that industry, Right. I learned from every designer I wanted to work with. I got to work with them. I got to study them. I got to do all that because for me, it's about the education. And then once I hit that point where it was like, you know, it's it's time to move on to what I've always wanted to do, which is be a filmmaker. Um, it, it, there's something about sort of like with acting or it, with any um, craft of art. The beautiful thing about it is that you get to experience the opportunity to be, to be so empathetic and so compassionate and to really look at a, a character or a subject or whatever that thing is, right? It's not just a thing, but how do we relate? You know, how do I relate with this artist and what the goal is and the intention is? And it's, it's really about, it taught me so much about relationships and not just in, in a romantic way. If that makes sense, it taught me a lot about collaboration, creativity, um, the the freedom in it, the restraints in it, the need for mm-hmm. discipline. It just taught me so much. It's it's hard to put it yeah, yeah, into words, sure. you know. For sure. But it was just, I imagine like being so young and being exposed to so much and so many people and traveling and whatnot. Like you go from like, how old were you again when you first? 13. Yeah, I thought you were 13. Yeah. At that age, and I'm thinking back to myself at 13, and like being just exposed to the world on, on such a level is just, you know. It was terrifying. You know, it really was scary. It was really scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so scary. But then it gave me the opportunity later to then help change the laws and change the way that people have right. to approach it, you know. And yeah. Wait, were you going to ask something? I was just going to ask how it formed your relationship to yourself because I think that's a trickier one, right? Like you had the exposure to the outside world, but what did it do for you as far as your internal world at that age? You know, when I was at home, I was always bullied. I was always made fun of. There There was never a place really that I fit except for with a few people, you know, and um considered definitely like a weirdo and eclectic and whatever. Um, And then when I started in the industry, I was so young that I was the baby of the group. Yeah. You know? And so Mm -hmm. there was this constant, you know, push pull of wanting my mother and wanting 
to be at mm-hmm. home. But then not then when I went home, that wasn't fulfilling me. You know, there was that this there was a rub in there, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know where um, or how to fulfill that. And that really didn't come. I really didn't get that any sense of of, of fullness in my soul and in my spirit until I really started doing the spiritual work because I realized it's not out here. Mm-mm. It's not, I know. You know, and, and it's constant, like, like traveling all over the world and doing all those things, a lot of ways made me feel more and more and more alone yeah. because the world had taught me that, oh, you know, even though I was being able to, um, you know, get books that I had no access to that I always wanted or, you know, to to study these amazing artists, there was still a, the sinking feeling inside of myself and I didn't know what it was. And then I didn't want to be ungrateful, right? Yeah. So I was very grateful and it was very exciting. And, I, and I'm so thankful to God that I had all those opportunities, truly, because I wouldn't be here now with the same level of understanding and empathy, not only for myself, but for other people, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They say it's like the elevator to spiritual enlightenment is like, get those experiences, get the job, the career, the guy, the this, the that, and then see that none of that does anything. Mm -hmm. And then you're faced with, well, then what does? And so a lot of times people go their whole entire life trying to achieve those things. You're presented at 13 with it. Yes. Right? And so talk about an elevator. Like that's... Really, it's fast. like like taking the fast pass, you know. Like <laughs> that's like what you're it like, is. You're like, oh, <sighs> yeah. I wanted it to move, but I didn't realize it was going to move this quick because then you're dealing with it a lot faster. So there's, a, in a way, in my experience, it's like when something happens, the reaction is, you know, talk about car- like it comes quicker because the intent of of of, of, one, of myself is to learn and to expand and to grow. Right. And so when you set that intention, all of a sudden it's like, oh, you really want to do this thing? Then let's see. Let's see. And then the the, the more that the negative negativity pushes on that thing, it becomes very nuanced and very like, are you sure you want this? Are you sure you want this? And it's like having the sort of truth, right, where you're cutting away any of the fat that's not, you know, aligned. And that's going to be until we drop this body in my life. That's right. You know, but the feeling of the joy and the the loving and the caring and the sharing, it's it's a different kind of a bliss because when I move so intentionally and when we do as a group or as a consciousness, it's so much sweeter. I mean, the amount of grace that comes in, the amount of miracles, even through like the it's like, you know, hardcore, hardcore. But within that hardcoreness, it's like a greater kind of experience. A sweet, sweet nectar of life is really mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To have all of these tools and knowledge, you know, and to go through the type of work you do, being a mother, mm. you know, with your kids, like, I feel like that just having that foundation and raising children is the most important thing. And I'm still, I still work on it, you know, and we all have our moments. We all do. Yeah. There's no, there's no such thing as perfection on this level at all. No. You no. know? Yeah. I was actually thinking about you this morning. It's like, oh man, 
I was thinking about what a great mother you were. I was thinking about, I was like, I wonder what TV show she's watching right now. (laughs) 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 And then I was thinking about your daughter and you and just what a great, yeah, what a great mom you are. And it's not easy doing things on your own, you know, because you're not on your own, but because you have family and you have friends, but still it's just a different thing, you know? Like without a, yeah. Yeah. The other. Yeah part of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is like, it's interesting. What I've been dealing with a lot lately is like all this guilt, right? Like Mm -hmm. the mom, because I'm, we're always together, you know, and it's just so funny that I was pregnant with her up until we stopped working, which was like, and you were pregnant on the same thing as well. Like we both had our first babies through that journey, which is Mm -hmm. so cool. And so crazy to think how long it's been and how old they are now. But I've been dealing a lot with the guilt and and I'm starting to wonder because it's been summer and, you know, like there's just so much more time together because they're not in school. And I'm starting to wonder, like, is it not the healthiest thing that like we're together all the time? Because like we're very attached and I'm like, is have I created like this codependent mm-hmm. relationship as opposed to like trying to set examples of like, well, you know, people do things for themselves or, or I don't know. That's what I've been struggling with lately as a mom. These are just like the current things. And I know Olivia's been telling me like, I'm, we're together too much. <laughs> I'm not saying you're together too much, but you're together too much. <laughs> well, I, I think that it's, you know, based on my experience as a mom, I think it's vital to practice self-care and to have some things that are for you and to have that space because there's no space for you to learn when it's all about her, Mm. you know? And Mm -hmm. it's like you need that time to give back to yourself in order to have a full tank to give. Otherwise, you're depleted, Mm -hmm. right? Right. No, it's true. But that's so challenging. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And Rachel and I are very similar in in certain ways and we're creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as most humans are, but in a specific way, I think domestically, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I don't know if you agree with this, but for, for me, I, I'm I'm an introvert. And when my kids are with me, I, I just want to be with them all the time. And mm-hmm. the guilt that comes for me is rather than like putting them in some camp over the summer, I want my kids to be with me because mm-hmm. I have to share custody. You know, yeah. and that's the, to me one of the most unnatural experiences one could ever have as a mother. For me, just it's completely unnatural, right? And I and I I don't want to fill up their days with all these activities because I is it selfish to want to be with your kids all the time? I don't know. I feel like the the guilt part comes in is that I have to work so much that mm-hmm. I I'm wondering if they even feel like I'm present with them even when I'm right there with them. You know, right, right. As a single yeah. mom, it's like that sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. When they go to their fathers, do you make that time for yourself? Like, what is your relationship to self care? Mm. Oof. Interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's constantly shifting. And I think it's shifting because I've been going through really challenging, like, past few years that took a lot of uh, internal and, like, interiorly and exteriorly it's taken a lot of adjustment and there's so much work that I'm having to do you know in the physical world you know to complete something that you know to take the time to go inside when I do it has to be very focused and very concentrated it hasn't been like this kind of luxurious thing 
you know, like that I would have before of, okay, I can do two hours of meditation and then I can, you know, yeah, go right. for a run or, you know, it's just, it's really like, if, even if someone can get 15 minutes of self-care in, that's a good thing. That's because amazing. Because 15 minutes is better than nothing. Right. Right. And right. that's another thing that I was taught through JR. You know, it's like, if you can do at least do 15 minutes of something, then at least you're like, it's not an at least. Yeah. Like you're doing it, you right. know? Um, I don't and, think I even do that. <laughs> no, that's what it, you, yeah. Everyone's like, when you, when you think about your day, I learned this on the Peloton the other day. It sounds so cheesy, but they were like, it's 20 minutes out of 24 hours. Yep. You can't talk yourself out of that. It's 20 minutes. I feel out like of I can. 24 hours. <laughs> I mean, you can. Right. And we all do. Yeah. But like when you put it in. 15 minute chunks, it's like, okay, maybe I can do that. It's a lot more palatable. Yeah. It's just not easy, Rach. I know. I know. And you know this too. It's just not easy. And how, again, how we relate to the issue of the issue itself, right? And that always shifts and it always changes. And um, I think self care looks like a lot of different things. This to me is self care. Mm. Totally. You know, I have, like being with people I love and and having real, true uh, communion, connection, that is what fills me. And that's what mm -hmm. fills my soul. So this to me is, you know, a great act of self-care. You are like the most supportive there at the drop of a dime, like diehard friend in the world to all of your best friends. And you have many for a reason, you know, and you're just always someone like if you ever needed anything I know I could call you and that quality in itself is beautiful you know and Thank so you. what you say about like you know having the community and everything else and like you cre you've created such a beautiful community for yourself and you're right that is self-care because it's like fills you it does yeah yeah it does broad ideas is supported by Lumi Want to smell better everywhere? Let's face it, our underarms aren't the only place we have odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi Whole Body Deodorant for Pitts Privates and beyond. Lumi was created by an OBGYN who developed a uniquely formulated pH-balanced deodorant. It's aluminum-free, skin-safe, and clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours. Oh, and did we mention that it's also clinically proven to control odor better than a shower with soap alone? 12 hours after shower, the average person has an odor level of 6 out of 10. With Lumi, the average odor level is a 0 out of 10. I love that Lumi is aluminum-free. I was so excited to eliminate that from things I am putting on my body. I feel good about putting it under my arms, and it works so great. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code IDEAS at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code IDEAS. Broad Ideas is supported by Magic Spoon. Growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but as I got older, I had to watch out for sugar and empty carbs. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but high protein and less sugar. Variety pack, four flavors are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. 
This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five net grams of carbs. Only 140 calories a serving. It's high protein, has zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. I just love the nostalgia. It brings me back to being a kid eating my favorite cereal on Saturday mornings. Go to magicspoon.com ideas to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code ideas at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com ideas and use the code ideas to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. I've learned that it's very, uh, it's, as a mother, it does take a village, right? It really does. Mm, yeah. This idea that some, a partner is going to be like your bread maker, your best friend, your, your lover, your confidant, your therapist, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like everything in the village. Like that's not possible. It doesn't work like that. And also not every person can give it that level of capacity, even as friends. It's just, it's so essential. It's so essential because it's yeah. not going to just come from one person. Right. You know? Have you learned what you need from your friends and from your village? Like what's what? most important to you? Like, have you learned like, here are the things, because I think a lot of times people expect versus ask for, right? So they have oh, expectations so, yeah. of people and oftentimes are dif- disappointed. Yeah. Expectations lead to disappointment. Right. Mm-hmm. So do you, have you gotten clear on the kind of things you need from your village? Yes, that's been a process because I'm, I'm a, a very giving, naturally giving human being. And it's very much unconditionally. And I think the thing that I've learned is boundaries, you know, right. because there's a lot of heartbreak when you give a lot and and you're the sounding board and you're holding the light for someone. And, and then for myself, it's really interesting. I, I can fight for, I fight for a lot of things for other people, causes, etc. And sometimes when it comes to myself, which is where the learning comes in, right? It's very hard for me to ask for someone to do that for myself or ask someone to do that for me. Yeah, and it, can relate. that's a really <laughs> thing. And it's really fucked up so bad because it feels like such a betrayal, you know, mm-hmm. when, like, when, when I've gone to people that I deeply love and I'm very close with and I actually am an ex- extreme tenderness, rawness, and vulnerability to then realize that certain people just don't have the capacity to give back in the same way. Mm-hmm. And then you start to realize that there's, there's, you have your friendships, you have associates, you have close friends, you have family, but at what level? Because we have to relate to each other according to each level of consciousness, right? right. And sometimes it's just like, damn, like I didn't think it'd be like that with this person. You know what I mean? There yeah. is disappointment into it. And it's a weird disappointment when you didn't expect anything but then you think that the bond is so close. And then obviously when you do finally ask for any assistance or support, then they make it about them. Mm, yeah. And that's an interesting thing. It's like this, this pattern that I've been noticing in uh, people 
which probably is pretty obvious. And I don't mean like in totality, but this thing of like to share something with someone and rather than being a sounding board or listening, that they immediately feel their own emotions about the thing. And they make it about their emotional reaction rather than really being neutral to hold that space for you. So narcissism? <laughs> yeah. But it's not, it's, it's not just narcissism. I do think going to USM, at least for me, taught that skill. Oh, yeah. Which I don't think is taught in schools. It's not taught in homes. It's not taught anywhere. Like we did this exercise where you'd have to be neutral and stay silent completely and just hold the space for people to have their experiences and not give advice or feedback or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it teaches you to go into your heart and to listen and to not make it about you. But I don't feel like that's a skill that people learn unless they are taught it. And so I think it looks like a lot of narcissism, but I think it's conditioning. It's just human conditioning. Yeah, I think it's, I think there's everything is in the in the mix with that one. And I think mm -hmm. that it does take a, a, a high level of discipline, you know, because with what you're sharing, right? I, I have done retreats where there were weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of that, mm -hmm. holding right. the space and holding the space. Like, and that is honestly one of the reasons why I love the craft that I do so much because it it's naturally presents itself to do that. And Rachel, you're very good at that, both in, in your personal life, in my experience, and within what we do. And, um, and so I do think it does come innately to some people. I do too. Yeah. And, and this exploration of narcissism, I think is becoming a, a disease, a disease, mm -hmm. a disease that is, is not just like something that people are like just throwing around as words, but a reflection about our society as it is, mm -hmm. you know? And again, it goes back to what you're saying is, a, is honestly, I think a result of that, the, the conditioning of the way that we're taught of it's like this, not just me, 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 but the, there's a sped upness into how people are relating to the world. Right. It's, it's mm -hmm. like, swiping this, that, the other, it, anything that could distract someone from being present is available. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that creates a, a, a much more slippery slope, I think, for people to become attuned to themselves, to realize that it's not just about themselves. And I think part of this recognition, that awareness of it is sucks. Sometimes it's like, oh, mm -hmm. crap, you know? Yeah. Um, but then it's a, a greater springboard to find those people that really can hold that space, you know, and what is really for you and choose our level of participation. Mm. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. I do have a question for you on that. What do you do in that situation? Because I do think that it's so interesting. I just had this conversation this morning about the difference between conditioned self-obsession and narcissism. You had that this morning? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, I wake up like this. <laughs> but I feel like there's certain people, and Mary's one of the teachers that said, she's like, I, the one of the only things that we cannot help or cure is narcissism. Like it's true, true narcissism. It's true. 
And so if you have someone like that in your life, I'm just curious, how do you present it? Is this something you would bring to someone's attention and say, hey? No. I, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't because a true, when you're dealing I'm just with, curious with how a true you narcissist, deal with it. You can't yeah. because it's get ready for a wild ride. That's not a fun one. True narcissists are dangerous and they're terrifying and they isolate you and they mm. can make you feel like you're crazy and they can take away your friends and they can, they present themselves outwardly as it, it's like, like dealing with like a fallen angel kind of energy. You know, it's right. like, mm. it's, it's the, like some of the hardest Maya to get around, you know, mm-hmm. because they're so confusing because they present as like this very charming, vibrant, alive, active, engaging, you know, people and they're going to da 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 and they slowly know how to like pick off the things that you love the most, you know, and the people you love the most and, and it literally, truly isolate you because they get this dopamine hit from it. Right. And, and every time they get that hit from your reaction, right, and, and they know how to do it because they learn how to get into like every nook and cranny of everything that could trigger you. Mm. It's their survival. They feel as if they need it. So they use you to get what they need. So crazy. Yeah. Like, it's not just a feeling. It's they, they not just, they, they, they completely use you and they think that they deserve to. Mm. Right. There's no, there is no feeling bad about it. There is no, um, like, it's a smash and grab. <sighs> yeah, it's terrifying. It's straight up a smash and grab of your heart, of, of, physical, internal, of everything around and inside. And it's really um, terrifying. And in my experience, has, has really tested my relationship to spirit. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. Really tested my relationship to spirit because I didn't believe in evil. Right. Oof. And that at the core that someone's truly bad, you know, or wrong, because I've been in school for so long, you know, and I, I, you know, again, since I was a teen and was, you know, everything's about forgiveness. Everything is about going inside. I mean, the amount of work that I've done to truly live and own an active owner of vitality and moving vitality of what my, what my nature is to live in that and to be in a very close relationship in something like that really fractured my sense of self. It fractured my relationship to the world, to people, to it, it totally made me question all of my choices. Yeah. And I couldn't fathom that anyone could ever be like that. Mm-hmm. And so when I say it, it was, and it has and continues to be, one of the greatest tests, it's like, okay, God, why, why is this in my life? And why did I choose into this? And what, mm. and what am I having to learn from it? And again, it's, it's provided the, the greatest test, which is I don't want to move around this world that thinking that people are bad or evil. Again, I never right. wanted that. And yet at the same time to recognize that this does exist and it's real and it's true. And that I'm spiritually bypassing by not acknowledging that. And that's, that, that keeps me disconnected from mm. the spirit and from the truth. Because the only thing that can revitalize me 
is, is my inner knowingness with inside of myself. But when that knowingness gets fractured in so many different ways, because again, as we, we relate to this world as a mirror, right. Mm -hmm. Of what we have succeeded and how, you know, and, and the beauty of what we've created with other people, et cetera, et cetera. And when that, when everything is, looks like a broken mirror, it's really, thank God I have the basis of the teachings that I have and the work that I've done, because that's a test. Because it's it. very, 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 very difficult to uh, to heal from that. And it, it, it requires that co connection with yourself to do so. Mm. Like deeply. And again, it's about, you know, the first law of spirit is acceptance. And the second law is cooperation. So if I don't move into the acceptance that, oh, this actually exists. And it's right. like for real, for real. Then I couldn't move into the cooperation of, okay, what are the next steps of going through this. And so, you know, you know, Rachel, like when you said narcissist, I, I feel you, I hear you. And I think again, that there's a reason why, you know, this word is coming up more and more. Because I feel like more that word and gaslighting are like the most yep. used words that you hear all the time, but it's yep. like, but actually telling the difference, like, is this actually happening? Is this person actually this? Or is it just like become such a common way or an excuse or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. Like, what's mm -hmm. the truth behind it? Because exactly. Gaslighting in particular. Yeah. I feel like, it, don't you hear it like all the you time? You do hear it all the time and you hear it. I, it sounds like those two things go hand in hand yes, right. as well. Do. Right. Yeah. They do. Which I agree with you, Jamie, in the sense that it's like, Yes, it's being thrown around a lot, but I also think it's a societal problem where it's happening a lot. Mm. And I do think that there are varying levels, right? Like I yes. do think some are conditioned. I think that circumstances, situations, environment can influence it and make people more self-obsessed than actually narcissistic, which mm -hmm. is a real mental disorder. And I don't think one is more dangerous than the other because I think if you're conditioned, just like if you're conditioned to be violent or you're conditioned to be a racist or anything you're conditioned for that is dark or evil in a sense is equally as dangerous. But I do think it's more common because I think as a society, people are being taught to be more self-obsessed. Interesting. You don't think so with like the Instagram and social well, media? I mean, yeah, and I all of that is like it's a lot of self. It is a lot of self. And I struggle with like posting anything like a selfie or like you have to do it and it just feels unnatural, right? Doesn't it? Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you said that. It I remember does. like a couple years ago, someone's like, if you just posted more selfies, you get so many more likes. I was like, homies, I didn't even like I don't care. Right. Like, it's a weird and thing. And I don't want to be my own stuff. Like, this shit, like, because now, it, what's interesting is that now, the reason why selfies get more likes is because they we've literally changed the perspective yep. of how people see themselves and how we see ourselves. It's, it's like switching a can't, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's very yeah. Yeah. wild. It is. Very wild. It is. It's just, you know, and I struggle, and we talk about this a lot, but, like, raising kids in this, with this, you know, oh, and... What do your kids have, do? They have, do the boys have phones? No, no. no. How old are they're they? They're young. <laughs> uh, they're eight and nine. Eight and nine. Yeah. Mm. Leo looks exactly like you, by the way. <laughs> like that is your face. 
eight and nine. They're so close together. They are. That's 22 awesome. months. Um, yeah. So sweet. Are they best friends? They're best friends and then they fight a lot too. Yeah. Because they're inseparable, well, you know? Yeah. yeah do yeah, they yeah. physically but, fight all the time? My boys do not take their hands off each other. Oh, all the time. <laughs> that's what they do, right? Yeah, that's they what just, they do. Like rough and tumble, this, that, you know? Yeah. And sometimes like, oh my God, you know, but but that's just, it's just, the it's just different. That's the way they are, you know? And yeah. then, like when they were little, I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Everyone's going to get hurt. What's the, da, da, da. and then they're like, oh, it's just boys. And I'm like, I'm not just doing the whole boys or boys kind of thing. But then you realize it's a different kind of energy that's in their physicality, you know, yeah. that it's just like, yeah, <laughs> guys, chill. Like, and I never know if I'm going to end up with like an elbow in my face somehow by accident. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because they're all, like always flailing around and you get them always. calm. And then like Leo Thames is very, he's long and lanky and he's, hyper and then then like james knight will be like oh yeah yeah mommy he must stop doing that and then but they have like this love affair it's really strange it's like <laughs> it's like they're best friends and they're like but they like always like te- like so james will be like stop it stop it and then leo times will stop it but then james will be like you know like yep. they <laughs> love this sort of like the, the game you know yeah it's really sweet yeah it's it's definitely an energy thing for sure because yeah. like one girl versus like I'm always around her two boys. It's like <laughs> so different, right? Day. Oh my How gosh, old are your so boys? Four and seven. Four and seven. Yeah, I walk into Rachel's house. I'm like, this is so silent. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> well, Isn't it so strange? It's, it's constant so strange. noise. It's constant noise. <laughs> yeah, I. It's but I, I also am like you know, it would be nice to have one of each because then you get the experience you're like no no we're done having kids (laughs) I know done we're always like now you get to this point where you know it's easier it is in a lot of ways not in every way but in certain ways for sure as far as like hands-on like all the time like what are you touching what are you eating what are you doing you know yes yes that's a lot it is and and also putting trust in the people that are with your children I've been lucky enough obviously like if I can't be with her, she's my mom or, you know, it's, it's family, but you know, especially with what we do, you have to put so much trust in like the people caring for your kids. And, and I don't know, I'm, I'm, it's just kind of crazy to think about how long we in particular have to work and how to navigate that. And as a working single mom, like how much that adds, you know, and I know you can, you know, exactly. And it's like. And you're right. The thing about trusting the people that are caring for your kids is so big. Yeah. Yeah. It's so intense. Yeah. Because you, you know, your family's not here. And like, if you're working or whatever, and it's, again, it goes back to the community and the people that you've, you've gained and that support and, and however you do it. But I just really admire how you have been able to do it all and navigate everything you've been through and everything you, you know, especially the past few years and like just I just think that single mom all moms not just single moms but it's just nice to hear every once in a while like it's hard and you're doing great you know like a simple yeah. thing just because you can tell like the past few days I've just been like ah. I <laughs> love you so much I love you so much Broad Ideas is supported by Blissey. Who knew that a better pillowcase is all you need for better sleep? Let's talk about staying cool throughout the night and waking up with hydrated skin and hair. 
Sleep better this summer with Blissey's award-winning 100% mulberry silk pillowcases. Blissey pillowcases are made of 100% mulberry silk, which is naturally hypoallergenic, so you can sleep more comfortably without itching or rashes. So good for those with allergies. And unlike other silk pillowcases, these are of the highest quality silk and are machine washable, durable, and even have a zipper to hold your pillow in place. Blissey Silk Pillowcases are the best silk pillowcases on the market. They have a ton of different prints and colors, and they make great gifts because there's an option for literally anyone. Men love them too. They have over 1.5 million raving fans, and you could be next. Try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissey.com slash Rachel and get an additional 30% off. That's B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com slash Rachel and use code Rachel to get an additional 30% off. Sleep cooler this summer with Blissey. It's a crazy life. And I just always, I always look back at yours and everything. And I'm, and it just, when you first came out on the scene and being like, that's the most beautiful oh thing God. I've ever seen in my life, ever. you know, and you at the, like the MTV awards with like Kid Rock. Oh and, my like, God. <laughs> Disturbingly gorgeous. I mean, Jamie, oh come God, on. So like sweet. all of it. It's just like looking back at your whole thing. I just want Rachel cool. to invite me to like Cantor's again. Oh my oh, God, <laughs> our nights at Canners. <gasps> oh, Does she like me enough that I can watch her eat blintzes? I know, now I'm hungry. <laughs> I know, me too. But it is, it's been such an interesting ride, you know, and it's been a long time. And it's just so crazy to look back and then you, to look where you stand like now and everything you go through and you can realize like how strong because you survive all of these different things, you go through all these different things and you can like sit there and be like, oh shit, like I did that. Yeah. And I'm here and I'm sitting here and it's just like cool to kind of sit back and realize, you know, through a lot of therapy. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of therapy. <laughs> a lot of therapy. Be like, oh, I can do that. I can survive right? that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for therapy. I think it's important, too, that people like you do share these kind of stories because – you know, I remember too, when I first saw your face, I was like, I think that's my favorite face I've ever seen. <laughs> like just, just wanting to eat it. Like just like obsessed yes. with yes. your face. Loved it. It was universal. Thank universal. <laughs> Thank you. And it's really good to hear that people that have that type of beauty and success and all of that are still so human and going through the same exact struggles that we all go through as human beings and that you're taking this opportunity to like really look at your curriculum and that in it in itself is the best parenting that anyone could ever give their children mm. is really helping them figure out how to be human. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Oh my God. It is really hard. It's really Wait, hard. Have you ever done any sessions about like who your kids were in a past life or anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is that I also do very similar work. So, like, the only purpose to look into previous existences is if it shows uh -huh. up in this spirit because a person has come. Like, if I'm working with someone, they come in with a particular pattern. Mm. And I'm looking and listening and, you know, muscle testing it to see if another present, existence presents itself. The only reason to share it is because it's for the highest good. It's not to be like, oh, you were Cleopatra in some other life. Who cares? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Next, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The only thing that matters is what is that? How is that pattern relating to what you're dealing with now? You know, and how do we look at that, forgive it, clear it, let it go, 
Because when we go into the past, we go into our karma. When we go into the future, we go into fear. And it's about being present. So again, all of these different existences, you know, are are truly there to build who we are now, right? And so then when we get stuck on a, a specific crystallization or again, an issue or a pattern, sometimes those other existences will come up to be shown to the person that you're working with to say like, okay, let's look at how this correlates and you have to, we need to forgive this thing, forgive this thing, forgive this thing. And again, let it go. So then, you know, we can move forward, mm-hmm. you know, in a greater path of alignment. So you work with people doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. so cool. I don't really talk about it. <laughs> oh, you don't talk about it? Not very often because, I mean, for me, it, it show like what people will ask me, people will ask me if I will do it. People that suddenly pick up on it, then I will, you know, I will. And people will come to me so I can mm-hmm. do sessions, but I don't charge for sessions or anything like that. And also when I'm just straight up with people, I'll, I'll like, sometimes it's like this. It's honestly, it's like, imagine if a hand's just like in your face mm-hmm. and every time you try and look away, the hand's still there and it can be really challenging sometimes because it's like, damn, really have to give this piece of information right now because <laughs> like, like this, their soul will be like needing this piece of information. I'm just trying to like check out with my ice cream, the store, whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then it's like, you can't deny it because it's part of like the, the service or the ministry. It depends on everyone has different gifts. You know, that's just, I think that's a, one of the reasons why the Hayes and I are very close. Mm. It's like the angel working so on that So special. Stuff. Yeah. It's so so cool. we all have that capacity. We mm-hmm. all have that capacity to, to tap in in that way. You right. Know, everyone does. And that's the beautiful thing. It's not just something that is anointed to one person as if like they're the chosen one. It's not like that. Right. You know, we all have the way show inside of ourselves and it's all presented and in such glorious ways, it's like I'm consistently in awe. I'm consistently in awe. I'm consistently in awe of our friendship, Rachel. I'm consistently in awe of being able to have this kind of experience, both of you. It's just, it literally makes me want to cry because I feel so thankful to be surrounded and to be able to be a partake in such exquisite beauty. And I don't mean just on the physical. When I watch artists, when I watch human beings doing what they're doing, I'm just like, I'm just like, what? Mm. it's so majestic. Mm-hmm. I, I can never tire of it. It never, it, it, it's just, it's constantly uh, makes me very grateful and very humbled. And there is nothing better than seeing people's light shine so beautifully even if they're not aware of it, mm-hmm. but you know, the, like all the particular quirks and, and like very specific things to each person is like, it's just, I don't know. I love it. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. And I thank yeah. you for saying that because it, it's, it's beautiful. Like you said, it's um, to be in the presence of people mm. like you that are willing to share yourself on that level is self-care. Yes. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Super and, beautiful. And I'm mm. I'm also I think it's so important the forgiveness. Mm. Oh yes. For one of my studies. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on this one. Oh my God. I was like, <laughs> what did I do? So um 
<laughs> I decided for uh, like one of, you know, basically like thesis um, that, you know, for one of my papers that I was going to do a for, really dive into this forgiveness thing. And, um, and I was like, so I'm going to do a forgiveness statement for every time that I judge something. Wow. Ooh. I thought I was going to lose my freaking mind. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was doing like 300 judgments a day. And I'm talking about micro, macro, it. this. Right, like driving. Right. Someone's driving too fast. I'm like, mm. I forgive myself for judging myself, for judging that person, for veering out of their lane. I forgive myself for judging myself, for not being more patient. I forgive myself for judging myself for that. And, and as you do, it just keeps going deeper, deeper, keeps deeper, going, deeper, 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 keeps deeper, going, deeper. keeps going. And oh my God, you know, it was profound and a super intense, you know, um, <laughs> agreement that I made with myself for school. And, uh, and what I, my, my conclusion was and still is that forgiveness is the key to everything, to literally everything. to everything. Acceptance and forgiveness. Yeah. Someone said the other day, and I was like, that is so beautiful, and the world needs to hear this. Forgiveness lets you off the hook, not them. It does. I love that. It yeah. does. Because yeah. we carry it. That's yeah. right. We carry it inside of ourselves. You know, so we got to get right inside of ourselves. We got to, it's good. It's like good housekeeping. That's what it is. Right. You know, right. because us holding on to all the shit, you know. It's like if you look at cellophane and if you pull on one side of the cellophane, it's like that's what judgments do. That's what mm. pain does. It's like and it, like to have people pulling on yourself is like this, ugh, like that's what it does to you energetically, right? And so yeah. the more we forgive, the, we start, it starts to smooth out, right? Mm-hmm. As we are moving through this planet and, and our day-to-day thing, you know, we aren't stuck on some kind of, like lets us off the hook because that loop stops that loop of like you get the freedom the freedom right and and again it's it's it, like you said it's it lets you off the hook not them and then they get to do with it what they will because it was our business it's right? not our business nope but also the the nuance in it that is the most important is the judgment so it's not like i forgive so and so for being an asshole Mm-hmm. It's not that because you're still judging when you say that. It's I forgive myself for the judgment that I'm judging him as the asshole. So it's not about the act that anyone else does. It's about our judgment to the act. Mm. Yeah, it is. So it'd be like, you know, for instance, like I yeah. forgive myself for <laughs> judging myself for judging him for hurting me or mm. for, yeah, I forgive, you know, um, you know, it's like, but. And then it gets even more nuanced because it's not like they didn't do that act. Right. You're and not, it's not taking like they the aren't act an away. asshole. Because yeah. someone can still be you like one thing that Jared also said was like, you don't have to like everybody, but you do have to love everybody. Right. And you and, can also and then you get to choose them. again our level of participation. I mean, like, you don't have to hang out with everybody if they're not treating you like be wise if someone's gonna hurt you stay out of the vicinity, you know, like that's, that's right. just, right. that's just, you know, the way that it, you know, ideally we can move. It's just not so easy. Right. You Forgiveness know? isn't an invitation to have someone in your life. Yes. You can forgive someone and never see them again. Yeah. And forgiveness is letting go. And however exactly. that looks like, because we can letting forgive, go. never see them again, forgive. And maybe that through that forgiveness, it opens up the consciousness in a different kind of way for both people. Because the beautiful thing about doing this kind of work 
is that the more people that are doing it, the more we create the space, it gets, it's like if you're climbing up the ladder, the more people that are focused on this kind of work, it's easier for the people coming up behind, which is fantastic, right? Because it is a collective consciousness. So the, the higher the vibration, the easier it is, the more open it is for other people to be picked up in it, which is what we're going for, right? That That's beautiful. Um, yep. And so through the forgiveness process, as it shifts inside, in my experience, as it shifts inside of me, a lot of the times what it's done has actually opened up the, the friendship or the relationship or whatever that is, because that, that it's like trying to throw rocks into like the ocean, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't hit. Like if someone's trying to fight you and fight you and fight you and you're just staying in your loving and the loving and the loving, yeah. then eventually they get more mad. Like <laughs> I, I just, I invite people to, to, um, if they see an argument to, with other people, God bless you. I love you. Peace be still just for the highest good inside of yourself. And for me, when I started doing this, you know, if someone was coming at me or, or wants to have some kind of verbal fight, I'd just be really still and hold that space. And then they get really pissed because they think you're effing with them when you're not. You're literally just holding the light. You're holding in the loving. And so then they, and then eventually they just, you know, it's like yeah. a melting. Or they throw somewhere else. Exactly. Because it doesn't land. Exactly. And if they need to throw, they're going to throw. And you exactly. don't have to be where it lands. And if you exactly. continue to hold in that, they will pivot and throw somewhere else. Hardcore. It's amazing. They melt or they... Yep. You guys. It's exactly like you. people will only treat you the way you allow yourself to be treated. Mm. Ain't that the truth? Mm. <laughs> Speaking of pivot, pivot, pivoting. <laughs> we're gonna pivot. We're gonna ask some of our funny staple questions before we let you go. <laughs> oh, you got some staples in your mind? No, do you? Yeah. Okay, go for it. Well, here's one way. Oh, you got some sunflower seeds. It's part of your birthday gift. <gasps> <gasps> oh my god, I love you. <laughs> You're the cutest ever. Oh, I want those right now. I know. I know. Oh, that's just like so soothing. <laughs> it's soothing oh. to watch you eat them. <laughs> okay. So if you, <laughs> this is just the first one I thought of. Okay, let's do it. If there was one song that would play every time you entered a room, what would it be? Rage. That's such a hard question because it's such a theme for music. I don't know. It'd have to be something like if that's hardcore rap, something like. Hardcore rap. I love it. That question makes me want to laugh because I'm just thinking bonkers songs right now. Tell me the first song that came into your head, though, when you when I, I said it. I got the power. There you go. But I don't like that song at all. Doesn't matter. That's why I want to like, <laughs> It's a message. It's, uh, like, I, but you know why? Because when I hear it every time I walk into a room, because every time I walk into a room, I swear to God. That freaking song comes on. It is, it is, it is knitted itself into the lexicon of every kind of playlist mix or whatever, whether you're in a restaurant, whether you're in a mall. Like, so that's what my thoughts went to, like, what, it, like, this I song. I love it, that's though. Because that's the first thing that came to your head. So that's just what you should go with. Because that's actually awesome. And you don't have to love the song, but it's a message. I got yeah. the power. I got the power. <laughs> okay, go. Do you have one? That's a really good question, Rachel. That's <laughs> a really good question. Sandwich. If you can make your I ultimate you sandwich, did you? Because I always want to know. I know. The ultimate sandwich. Oh gosh. It depends on if it's like winter or summer. 
like it depends if it's winter or summer. <laughs> I like the specificity. Specificity. Chicken salad sandwich. Ooh, yum. Ooh. With good. lettuce, tomato, mustard, and like a Kaiser. Mm. Okay. Kaiser oh. roll. Love it. Maybe Swiss cheese, maybe not. It depends on the day. Yeah. Okay. What is your biggest ick with like a dude? Uh, um, the, the, like, someone that doesn't have any passion about anything at all. Oh, they're just like, they're whatever. Like, that, this emoji. So oh, you know what I'm going to do with a one-person show? I want to memorize every emoji <laughs> and do it physically. Like, to reenact every emoji? Yeah, like, everything. How emoji. would you be the poop emoji? I haven't, I haven't reached that one yet. I, I still, I still have to memorize every single one and it's going to take, it's going to be, it's going to be like a three year prep for this, for this yeah, particular obsession I have all of a sudden. <laughs> there's a lot of emoji, but I know what you mean. Like that emoji perfectly sums up that type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like indifferent. Indifference is, is literally that I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't handle it. I cannot handle it. I mean, I can't, but I don't want to, right. I don't want to be around it. Well then what's I, the biggest like, uh, turn on, turn on. With a dude. Um, someone that is like, like, uh, unapologetically into whatever it is that they're doing. Do I mean like so into it that you can learn from them that when you're watching them, you know, engage in that particular, it's just like, whoa, you know? Yeah. Like someone passionate and just someone passionate that wants to learn and grow and like, you know, I thought you would like appreciate a sense of humor. I was that was the first thing I was gonna say. That's what I figured you were gonna say. She's like yeah. hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I don't trust I don't trust anybody that doesn't like comedy or comedy specials. Who yep. doesn't have a sense of humor? It's I crazy, know. right? I know. It's crazy. When they're like, I don't like comedy. Like who okay, then I don't like, what? like you. You don't like laughing? Yeah, yeah. No joy. Like what? Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. I think no sense of humor. Yeah, that's someone that takes themselves so seriously, I think is Oh my big. god. It, it's no, that's it. major, major, major. Like you can't take yourself so seriously. No. Take life seriously. No, and take just your not work, yourself. your passions, no, whatever. But, it's but like, not and it's annoying because yeah. everything else seems so serious all the time. Like yeah. when you're chilling with someone, you don't want to be like, oh, like, like no, <laughs> like you want to chill and have fun. Like they can just calm down. They can just, can calm, just calm down. down. Mm-hmm. What are you using? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I found it. It's lip, <laughs> our self lip conditioner. Because you know what else I remember? I don't know if I ever told you this. It's before I knew you. So you were young and I was young. And in an article, you were talking about first the lip stuff you liked. And it was like when Kiehl's first came on the scene. And it was like their, what was the name like, of the yellowy? It's the, Kiel, it's the Kiehl's. Um, the lip stuff. The um, Lip stuff. Yeah. No, that's Elizabeth Arden. You know, everyone was thinking. It's like yeah, no, no, the Kiehl's no. thick, yeah. yellowy. It was called like orange blossom honey. Something like oh my that. God. Was that what it was called? Okay, anyway. I don't know. And you were also talking about how you love blemishes because you love imperfections on people. Yes. And is that crazy? I still remember to this day reading that article and you saying these things. And after I read it, I went out and got that Kiehl's because like, well, if Jamie, if ja- <laughs> it's Jamie's favorite, like it has to be the best. <laughs> and I didn't cover I up my you. pimple. And I didn't cover <laughs> up those pimples. <laughs> but what a beautiful message to be sending, you know? Yeah. Like so young. I remember that being so young. I was probably like, I don't know, 19 years old, 18. Isn't it amazing how we can love and admire 
people for so long and then they're in our lives and you're just like, whoa. It's right. Amazing. And Rachel remembers nothing. Yeah, I remember nothing. So isn't that it's probably because I read it, like it sticks in her and just remembering how obsessed I was with you. Yeah. When you when I was like, that's just insanity. Like how beautiful. It was crazy. Crazy. Um, but yeah, like I fully remember that. And it's just like, I know it's so interesting, you know, it really is interesting. I know, you know, and then people that come to you, life you idolize, has there ever been anyone that you've been a huge fan of and then you meet them and it's changed your opinion? Oh, oh you mean it like in a negative way? Yeah. Or, I mean, I guess it could be positive too. You could have like, again, a judgment and then like meeting them, it was reversed either way. That's a really good question. Um, it's also a thinker. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely met pe met people like that. I was a big fan of, and then I was like, "Oh fuck, that's <laughs> yeah." <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you're like, "Yeah, no, of course, not you, dude." Right. You know that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. "Oh man, that like disappointment." Yeah, there was one person that I was working with that I was such a huge fan of, and then as we were uh, working on this thing, uh realized that they just did not care about any, like simply just would walk off where we would do our work, you know, it, it just be like, bye and like leave you to do it, it on your, like that kind of stuff. Cause like, wow. like you, know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Crazy. Nope. Nope. You do enough. You mean a lot of people. And oh, of yeah. People. Oh, so yeah. Way too, where oh, you're yeah. like, I don't think I'll like that person. And then you walk away being like best friends. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Isn't that nice? Mm -hmm. It is. That's my favorite. Right. Me too. That's always, yeah, that's always a better version. Right? For, sure. Better version. <laughs> For sure. Well, I love you so much and I'm so happy you talked to us today so openly. And, you know, I love when we have these types of conversations that show a different side, you know, and like we're not talking about work right now and you're not promoting something. It's like literally just being human and connecting and talking about all these things. And I just, I really love it. And I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> it's so nice to be able to come and talk as friends. Yeah, right? And as loved ones. Yeah. Yep. It was beautiful. We just here for the love, mom. Yeah. I love you guys. Right. Thank I you so you. much. I'm so this grateful. This was beautiful. beautiful. Love. Thank, Thank you yeah, so much. Awesome. <laughs> Bye, boys. Mwah. See you soon. Tell me lies. Tell, tell me sweet little, little lies. First and foremost, <sighs> we figured out our word. Instead of it. saying stressed. I'm still not co-signing on this. Shocking, Mr. Contrary. Oh, you're not? <laughs> Bamboozled. Bamboozled. Try it. Try it. Right now, you want me to try it? Yeah, yeah. like talk about something that would be stressful and be like, oh, oh man, I'm I feel so... real bamboozled right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like it. That's going to put you in a better mood. I'm feeling really bamboozled. You know what? It was a bamboozling experience. It was super bamboozled. All right. You just get in a car accident. <gasps> That's different. And well, you're feeling bamboozled. That's exactly. You're, you're just going to giggle on the side <laughs> of the road and it's going to magically I do laugh fix your in car. the most inopportune moments. No. That you is my go-to. Yeah. yeah. You get in a car accident and you go up and you say, I am so sorry. I understand you're probably feeling incredibly bamboozled right now. That's going to very be like… Yes. I know. There's alarm. Like, what's the word? Like, I know yeah, I just total… Deactivating. It's, you know what it's going to be? <laughs> It's going to be comforting. It's going to be comforting. Yeah. It makes me think of Joey on Friends. Like, let's play bamboozle. <laughs> you totaled this person's car. 
Can I tell you, you a story? You get out Hold and on. you say, oh, oh, no, but, but, sorry but, 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 to bamboozle no, 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 no. you. And go, that fixes go and it? then I go. No, you go. No, you go. Mine's a story, so you go. Tell your story. Okay, so <laughs> this was a few years ago, more than a few years ago. Let's say five years ago. Okay. And we were out to lunch. It was after our Vegas trip with Ezra. We met yeah, him for yeah, lunch. Yeah. You weren't there, but Jill was there, I believe. Okay. Anyway, we're sitting having lunch, and my car is parked in front of the restaurant when all of a sudden a car slams into my parked car, like totals it. Okay. You weren't in it though, right? No, it was okay. parked. I watched it from the restaurant and I was like, did that car just did that car just hit my car? Were you pretty bamboozled when it happened? I was this is why I was not bamboozled. I walked outside and the guy that hit my car still sitting in his car. And you know what he said? He said, you guys, I am on special K. And I was just just looking at that amazing rainbow. And so I crashed into your car. That fucking bamboozled you, didn't it? I think it deep unbamboozled me. I was like, oh shit, because there was like an amazing rainbow. That wasn't fake. There was like an incredible yeah. rainbow in the sky. And I was like, he really disappreciated this rainbow. He needed to see it. He needed to see it. And he crashed yeah. into my car. He's like, I'm on special K. <laughs> I kind of, I feel you on that And I was one. like, you know what? You know what, brother? <laughs> like, but Take it in. <laughs> he got arrested, I'm assuming? No, I let him go. You let him go? I'm, okay, no, my memory, we know how it goes. Yeah, I don't no. really, I, I think I got remember. his information. Oh, you didn't even get a police report for this. <sighs> I don't think so. You, I think you he filed just, a, a claim I? on your insurance. Sure. I don't remember what happened. Ezra yeah. was there. Ezra handled it. Yeah, I don't Ezra know. handled it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was just like <laughs> an example of not being bamboozled in a car accident. I mean, my car was totaled. <laughs> See, but that is, here's what I'm going to say to this. That's a stressful experience, right? Mm-hmm. You get in a car accident. Yeah. A parent goes to the hospital. A friend goes to the hospital. Something happens that's stressful, yeah. right? That is an appropriate right-sized response to the event. Picking your breakfast burrito and telling us we're stressed. Oh, this is so stressful. Picking what would Rob want. We're telling ourselves to feel the way it feels when someone gets in a car accident or someone goes in the hospital. So it's not an appropriate right-sized word for what we're actually experiencing. That's I, not know, stressful. I agree right. with that, which was the kind of, I think the point I was trying to make that there people can feel stressed and you well, changing the word to bamboozle just deflects <laughs> yeah, that stress and that stress is but still there. Stressful is also a word that's overused. Like what we talked about, gaslighting, narcissism, stress. That's what I'm saying. Is overused as well. So we should use it if it's an actual it's stressful situation. Okay, I can sign on for that. Thank Even though you. I just related yeah. that car accident to a bamboozled and not yeah, stressed. Yeah, your story didn't help, but. <laughs> but like from here on out, if but we're, an incredible if we're feeling. Um, your problem is just overusing stress. And yes. that triggering reaction yeah. in your body. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then we're talking to each other all day long being like, oh, this was stressful. Oh, what do you mean? This is stressing me out. It's like, how is that conducive to feeling good? It's not. And these things aren't actually right-sized with that word. And would you say this is mostly 
Rachel that's stressed about things <laughs> that you need to tell her aren't really a big deal? Hey! Or... <laughs> no, no, it goes both it ways. It goes both ways. Because I'll be deciding, you know, which <laughs> school my kids should go to. And I'll be like, this is so stressful. And it's like, is it really it's that hard, stressful? Yeah, or are these just hard really decisions, hard decisions? Hard, important decisions. Are you but staying if, at that school? Today. Okay. Are the boys doing okay with it? Today. Okay. All right. Shepard was saying, I want to, I hate that school. I want to break that school. <laughs> and I was like, oh, don't break the school. <laughs> he probably you know? would. <laughs> yeah. It's- and then Jeff, oh, bless his heart. Bless what? his heart. What? He told Elliot, I think it would be really cool if you made a new friend every day. And so Elliot's like, okay, Uh -uh. I don't really know how to do that. And he said, just walk up to one of them and ask them if they want to be your friend. Oh, no. And he did it. And someone said, no. I can't see how that's going to go bad. Someone said, no, I don't. And I want to die. I cannot handle it. Nope. Cannot handle that. Mm -mm. So how would you tell a kid to make friends? Or how would anyone I don't know make that friends? I would ever like, say go up yeah, to them and say, do you fr- want to be my friend? I don't know. I think it's more like for Calvin making friends is like he joined a rock climbing team and is meeting kids there. He does a rock climbing <laughs> team on Sunday. He's so robbed. That's he's, like you and your softball uh, team. Yeah. Yeah. He's or got his rock climbing team. He's got soccer that he does on Saturdays and he made a friend Ollie there. So that's great. Like Elliot started baseball. Because yeah, how do in, you get them to make school, friends when they're there? It's He's starting in, a new school. You have to like tell him, like, look and see, you know, it's hard. Because I, I've had this happen yeah. with Briar where she's like, do you want to play or can I play with you? And people will say no. no. And of course that's like hard on her, but it's also a life lesson. Is, you know? is it? Because adults don't that. do that. We don't put ourselves out there like that. Yeah, no, we, we say do. no. What are you talking about? <laughs> We go up to random ass strangers like, and be like, do you want to play be friends? with me? Yeah, <laughs> do you want to play with me? What are you guys doing I say when you're that young? all the time. <laughs> she does. But no, like, I, I think for for Calvin, it's more putting him in situations where he can have like a bonding experience with someone versus like, hey, here's how you go make a friend and go say this pickup line. And do you want to share you wanna, my gummy yeah. fruit snacks? go offer them this thing because those also aren't going to be the meaningful friendships he's going to make. See, my whole approach is they'll come to you. Like, I'm like That, of course, is your approach. <laughs> Coming from the girl, okay? In your 20s, her saying would always be like, I love the way he ignores me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, they need to, like, they'll, come to me. But I feel like they will. Like, to me, I'm like, it'll naturally happen. Like, you'll either want to play the same thing or, you know, maybe they have something that you think is cool and you talk to them about it. I don't think you have to go up and actually ask someone to be your friend. I right? mean, there's weird kids that don't make friends and like, well, Elliot's there are. Them, but... Wait, weird well, what kids? Is... What's that? I mean, you're yeah, kids at your is... school that were like, like loners and introverted? Elliot? No, I'm not saying no. that's... I'm just saying that. Like I don't introvert. think that circumstance would work for everyone. Right. No, I get it. I And I think that if they're a weird introverted kid and they went up and said, do you want to play with me? People might say no. Yeah, they're going to say no to that as right. well. I don't so, think that. So that's not the approach. It's like, all right, where where's the commonality that we can find that Elliot likes video games? Right. So put him in a video game club and he'll make friends there. Right. So what I did was I put him in a Minecraft shirt today. 
Oh. Do we know how that went? Ask I haven't seen he, them yet. Ask him how many kids he picked up in that shirt. I'm not kidding. Because I know yeah, yeah. a lot of the kids, they like Minecraft. Yeah. And that'll give them something to talk about. And it may. That was smart. I'm saying, you know. Or it may make him look a little thirsty. Has he? No. <laughs> Has he made friends? He's we made have. three friends. That's a lot. Yeah. He's made three friends. From but, Jeff's. But Jeff shouldn't have put it <laughs> yeah. on him to that, make a new made, friend every day. Wait, so he made three from Jeff's yeah. suggestion? He did. Then maybe Jeff's not wrong. So Jeff's a numbers guy. Yeah. yeah you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? He's like, like three out of four. He's yeah, like, you're winning. Great. Keep going. And, you're going to get more. And Elliot getting that rejection is probably teaching him something. I can't stand it. I know. I know hard, but, but if he got three yeses and one no, like, I know. If that's how he feels about everything, of like, well, three out of four times is going to work, that's a better lesson for him than everyone saying yes. Yeah. I think that, sure, maybe it is just that simple. And, and he if, needs to learn how to deal re- with rejection because I right. still have a hard time with rejection and I'm an adult. Every, I mean, I don't speak for everyone, but I know, I think a lot of people feel that way. I and, do. That's a low stakes rejection. Like that's probably easier for him to take than him playing with someone for three weeks and then being like, oh, I think you're weird. I don't want to play with you anymore. Oof. Oh, kids. Kids. Yeah. Do you feel like that? Yeah, I feel like you guys are weird and I don't talk to you anymore. (laughs) You want to play with us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you want to be on the playground with us. You want to play with us. (laughs) Here's something. Here's the thing. Here's something unrelated. Maybe we've already talked about this. Like, how vulnerable do you feel on an airplane watching what you're watching? Yeah, we talk about this a lot. Yeah, I know. But like, at length? Yeah. What do you mean how vulnerable? You mean like that other people are going to see what you're watching and judge you for it? Well, I I always pick, I I know you do this too. I always pick the last seat in first class so that there's a partition. You're being such a little punk. (laughs) But or like on your phone, I wouldn't know because I don't do that. You don't watch things on airplanes. She doesn't no. care about what other people. What think. do you mean? I sleep. E- either have my children. Yeah, well, I have my children. Your you- children are on iPads. Have you met Shepard? Yeah. You think yeah. Shepard's chilling on his iPad? <laughs> Shepard is not. <laughs> so I don't watch things when I'm with my kids. And if I'm by myself on an airplane, I usually read because I never get the chance to read. So I'll like read. Are you going to come off like someone who just reads on a She's so intellectual. Rachel, I will pick up I read magazines <laughs> that are disgusting and, and read cover dirty to cover. and read cover to cover <laughs> You are your mother's daughter. I am my mother's daughter. Yeah, fair. I do read on planes too, but I do feel very vulnerable I'll, in those yeah. circumstances. I'll turn things off or like skip ahead. If it's sexy or if violent. Sex do you watch scene. what other people are watching? Um, I mean, I've noticed what other people are watching, but I'm not like, that's not how I'm consuming my content on the airplane. So there's an air uh, airline that recently passed. Oh, the kid thing. Yeah, for... Like adult section only? Yeah. How do you feel about that? I mean, first of all, if it's not an all adult plane, what the fuck's the difference? Because you're still going to hear kids and whatever. But you could watch your porn without Yeah. What This is for people to watch. That's what it's about? This is for porn? No. No, no, no. I'm just saying like you could watch whatever movie you're watching and not worry that the four-year-old next to you is catching it. You can watch whatever movie you're watching. 
I don't. Think, I think it's but a more lot of people for, feel bad. I feel like it's more for like less noise interference. Blah blah blah. I don't think it's about like oh I can watch whatever I want because there's not a kid behind me. But people have brought up that point. Oh, they have. Yeah. That like oh that's nice. At least I can watch what I want to watch without feeling like there's a kid looking over me and feeling guilty. I don't know mm. that that's gonna solve because it's still un- I don't. For me, if I'm uncomfortable, it's not because a kid is watching necessarily. It's there's a You're nice like, I don't care old if a lady kid sees this wiener. <laughs> yeah, there's a nice old lady behind me that thinks I'm watching porn. Last time I was on the plane, I put on "Don't Worry, Darling." Yeah, and there's a scene where Florence Pugh gets eaten out on her kitchen table, and you okay. see everything, or just like uh, the act I mean, of it. It's Got happening. It. On okay, you want to fast forward that. Yeah, and well, and Calvin was sitting next to me too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he See, was on an I'm iPad. And he was on an iPad and didn't care. But, right. Like they're not paying attention. And I'm, I wasn't. I'm not super concerned about him. I mean, I, I'd prefer him not to oh. see that on the screen. But he's like, I, that's how it's done, kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was more the like lady behind me that thinks For that sure. that's what I'm watching well, with your my child. kid next to me. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's happened for sure. But I also even feel a little bit like if I'm binging The Bachelor, I'm like, I don't want people to judge me. I don't really care about that, though. I'm like, whatever. But it's I just a hyper awareness of like people, people like looking into like a maybe, personal moment. What? Maybe that's subconsciously why. What? And I've never realized it until this moment when I am on an airplane, I will pick something like Sweet Home Alabama or practical magic like whatever no. the like, like cozy, cozy romantic I don't kind of I don't think that's I don't why. think that's it I think I do that are, sometimes I do that too like on airplanes certain, I'm like, oh, I'd rather watch something yeah, like, like familiar Reynolds, and cozy like, yeah and, well your emotions are heightened on an airplane yeah so uh, you don't th- want I cry during want, commercials yeah, yeah you're gonna cry during anything anything and like, I cry anyways so like on an airplane it's literally yeah, like Briar will be watching you know Dora the Explorer, and I'll be like hysterical. She doesn't watch that anymore. She killed me. Are if you I said being serious? Why are your emotions warm? Because you're very you vulnerable. Think you're gonna die you're on, on a plane. Airplane. You're completely out of control uh, of that, your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that yeah. hardcore. So you know if you do. you're gonna go down, you don't want to go down watching the Jason Statham action movie. And maybe you do. Because maybe Jeff you're gonna does. survive. I'd like to watch Sandra Bullock or <laughs> well, something cozy like that. You want something that's gonna soothe you as well. Yeah. You don't yeah, want yeah, yeah. something that's going to uh, bamboozle you more than bamboozle. He used yeah. to because that's job. true. Yeah, yeah. You See, want really appropriate. But sometimes use. I'll go there and watch something super serious that I would oh, never, never watch on my own at home. I'll be like, you know what? I would never watch this, but I'm sitting here. I'm gonna make myself do it. But can you yeah, go? Don't do that. Can you go like raunchy nope. comedy? Raunchy. Give me an example. Train wreck. That's oh, a raunchy that's comedy. Stale. I don't know that I would call that <laughs> strays. Oh, the- train wreck. Yeah. I thought transpotty. Transpotty. Trans. I'm like, wait, that wasn't a comedy. I went to transpotty in my head. The Amy Schumer. And I was like, I don't think that. That fucking movie is really good. It's and so really funny. funny. It's funny. I love her in that movie so much when she does the dance on I the die. basketball court. I fucking die for her in that movie. <laughs> There's a little clip going around on TikTok what? and of it's her? so good and she's like, I'm just like in a bad mood. I don't know how she says it, but she's like, I'm just in a bad mood. I'm just like hungry. I haven't eaten today. I just had like cereal and then, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, like some muffin and, and it's just like some crackers oh and God. cheese and I you know, I was love like, her. oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so really good. good. It is good. 
That's something out like that type. Yes, I agree. That, I don't. Train I wouldn't qualify that as a so raunchy much. comedy. Then it's not a not raunchy. A, comedy. No. It's, a, it's a very. It's a clever comedy. What do you? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a com. It's an R-rated comedy, <laughs> but we <laughs> like a Seth Rogen movie. Like a Seth Rogen movie. Like an yeah. Apatow or something. Not even Apatow. Apatow is oh. a little too like earnest <laughs> for what I'm trying to ask you. too earnest. Okay. Like super bad? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh. More in that world. Like there's a <laughs> there's a level of comedy I'll even watch on a plane that like… Give us an that example. That you wouldn't normally. It, I think it needs like, to dude, be my semi-earnest <laughs> as well. That's what I mean. I uh, But I never knew that that was why I chose that. Yeah. But it, <laughs> clever? Cle- clever comedy? Hmm, what's fucking word? brilliant? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What's my go to? I have many. I do love like a sweet home Alabama, yeah. like that kind of vibe for Me sure. Too. So does Rob. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. That's usually my go to on the plane. That's your go to. Whatever the recent Reese Witherspoon movie is. I will always go for it. Me too. I really will. I mean, yeah, last yeah. flight, I watched that movie with her and Ashton. Oh, you did? How was it? I think I did. <laughs> no, I think I did, I did. I have not watched that. Wait, but. I think my last flight that I watched a movie was a Reese Witherspoon movie. What's the movie? Okay, there's two that came out at the same time. It was like Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher and Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis. No, they were like strings attached, attached and, and friends with benefits. Yeah, I like those kind of movies. Love. Rom-coms. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's an answer that rom Clever? Clever comedy. Films. Wait, you guys. With love. What's your favorite rom-com of all time? <laughs> I have… What? I'm not going to say what you think I'm going to say because okay. that's not a rom-com. Okay. When Harry Met Sally. I love that movie. I do too. It's not my favorite Serendipity. of all time. Underrated. <laughs> that John Cusack, right? Yes. I love that movie. Oh, Underrated. Favorite really of good. all time. I would always watch that. If it was on. God. It's a really hard question. I would. It is a hard question. See, I have so many. Like Wedding Singer. Not really a rom-com. Still. That's a rom-com, isn't it? it? I don't know. Anything with Drew Barrymore brings me comfort. Yep. There's certain people. Sandra Bullock. Reese Witherspoon. They're comfy. Like, they're just like a blanket. I'm like. Miss Congeniality. Genius. (laughs) Rob. This is Rob's nightmare. (laughs) <laughs> That's what we should do. If Rob loses a bet, we're like, we you have to sit down and do a marathon of our favorite. A marathon. This is a marathon now, not just yes. one. Because that's the I'm punishment. trying to think. I can't even think. You can't even think. No, my brain doesn't work anymore. She just named like six. I did. I know she did. And actresses that are. I can think of actresses. Meg Ryan's coming back in a rom com. Did you that's see what that? I heard with. I yeah. want to say David Duchovny. I might be wrong though. I like him I do too. a lot. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Oh, I like him a lot. Sometimes yeah, I get him confused. That that's kind of your type. You can, can't you? I mean, Jeff's David a little David the Cup. Oh yeah, the Cup. He is. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Jeff is a cleaner, not physically cleaner, but like. Yeah, he's a more wholesome version. Wholesome, wholesome. That's the he's word. a doctor. Wholesome, clever. Wholesome. Yeah, he's not Californication, David the Cup. That's what I'm saying. Ah, forgot about that show. Don't forget about that show. I will never forget about that show. Actually, don't I, I don't even know. If you probably have never show. even seen that. Yeah. I think I've seen an episode. I've seen. I think I've seen it. That's a raunchy show that you probably wouldn't want to watch on an airplane. Never. Really? Is it that raunchy? Like, oh I think God. there's nudity in every single episode. Yeah. 
Our favorite um, sports movie. <gasps> Field of Dreams. Any given Sunday. Oh, no, no, no. League of Our Own. League of Our Own's great. Any given Sunday, I believe. That's the one with Cameron Diaz, right? Cam- and LL Jamie, Cool J or Jamie, Jamie Foxx? No, Jamie Foxx. I feel like that's So the guy's movie. eyeball falls Both out no, on no, the no. field? No, no, no. Friday Night Light. The Titans. Remember the Titans. Wait, there's all these football remember ones. remember the Titans. like I'm short-circuiting with all these football movies in my head. What's the one? Was Friday Night Lights? It was a movie before that, it was a TV show. It was? Farsi- yes. Farsi or am I backwards? Varsity Blues. <laughs> My backward? No, it was a movie no, before no, it was a TV show, right? I don't a movie. know. I didn't watch the show either. Friday Night Lights. The What's movie. the one that's like, come on, Smalls? Uh, Sandlot. Yeah, Sandlot. I love the Sandlot. Yeah. Love. What's the best gift you've ever been given? Um, <laughs> My favorite is that Jeff gets her the same gift every year. It's, it's stopped now. But there were many years. Since, no, he just doesn't get me. Since gifts. we've started yeah, talking no, about it on the podcast, it's stopped. Yeah. yeah, no. He gets me singing lessons every time. And you don't use them? No. No. Because mm. he doesn't actually like get them. Like, here, this is where you're going. This is the time. Da, 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 da. He'll make me coupons. What, <laughs> was it a bit? Like, how does he? It's not a bit. How no. does he give he you kn- the same thing every time? In her time soul, and not- she has always wanted to sing. I'm a singer inside, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> but the outside doesn't mirror that. And so he's known that that is like my biggest passion. So he's like, take singing lessons. And I've taken singing lessons. I'm good. <laughs> not at singing. <laughs> not at singing. I did get better, a little bit better. But like, he's like, why wouldn't you keep getting better at that if it's something you love to do? Here's a coupon. I'll Here's pay coupon. for you to do it. Correct. Even though I'll pay for you to do it as not a gift. Even though I own, even though his you share a card. bank account, yes, yeah, receiving gifts from a partner yes. now that you're married and share a bank account, does yeah. it change how you feel about the gifts? Yes, I don't want him to buy me gifts. Yeah, she'd rather just. Pick I'd out rather what just. She wants. That's what I. That's how I am. I would rather just pick out what I want, but I still buy him gifts. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I get him good gifts. Yeah. But if he pulled off like a really thoughtful gift that you wanted, you wouldn't mind? Here's the thing. He gives me gifts like he likes to receive gifts. So he likes to get things that are going to change his life. So if I hear Mm -hmm. things throughout the year, Mm -hmm. I will take note of it and be like, oh, he keeps saying he wants to surf. So I'll get him a surfboard or something. Or he wants to, you know. Sing. Want singing lessons. Get him singing lessons. I've gotten him guitar and singing lessons. I've gotten him things that change his experience in life. Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. All the things that are like experiential, he's into. So that's what I get him. You're not into that. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Have you told him this? Yeah. So then he'll like reach out out to Rachel and be like, what should I get her? And And then she'll listen and then just does what he wants. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just like, just tell me how much and I would like to go get myself. Because you enjoy that. Love it. Yeah. I I don't want someone to actually give me a Visa gift card for $500 and I'm going to the mall. That's what you want? I don't want (laughs) $500. (laughs) (laughs) I don't yeah I would rather be like here here's an amount go get yourself something you want but if he were to do something like I will yeah because I'm even weird about like I would say if he wanted to take me on a trip or something but like but you want to pick it out that was that was my yeah I want to pick it out my gift for my birthday was 
the trip up to Mammoth. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I mean. You picked it up. I picked it out. I booked it. I paid you did for everything. it. Oh, so how is Does it? that bother you? No, it doesn't bother me. And You mean because she let you go with your boys. And yeah, that was for the like weekend. The and it Which was is like understandable. Gift- she stays with the kids yeah. and lets you go yeah. do your thing. That's a big gift. The gift is I'll deal with the kids this right. weekend. The you gift is time. Right. Yes. To that's me, saying, that's amazing. That yeah, amazing. and that, that has become a more valued gift than like, here's a new laptop. Yes, I agree. Like, if Jeff was like, no, that would work for me. If he was like, hey… My gift to you this year is a girl's trip. Like, you pick where you're going. You take the groovy. Actually, my birthday's coming up. Hey! Where are we going? We need yeah, a trip. That would work for me. Like, I don't great. really need shit. But I don't want it someone… It is fun for you to, like, pick out something new for yourself. Yeah. yeah for sure. But you'll go buy I would agree with that. something new for yourself if you want it. Yeah, yeah but, but I'm different. a very reasonable person. She is. She's not going to just go out like, like I'm going to buy myself a… Expensive purse. No, I'm very, I'm very like, I'm the one who's always like, we need to rein it. I'm the one who Mm -hmm. like keeps everything in order as far as finance goes. So I'm not going to just like drop cash on things. Like, I'm the same. Then are you stressed if he goes and does a big purchase for you that you're like, oh, I don't want this and we can't afford this right now? I don't get stressed. Okay, you get maybe a little bamboozled. Here's the thing. If you're going to go drop a chunk on me, I would like to know what it is. And I would like to pick. You want to be out par- of all, participant. I want to be it. a participant in it. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because I'm like, mm, you're going to do that. But really, I don't find that that valuable. Like, But like being surprised with a new car would. Nope. Yeah. I want to pick I, my car. I think in theory, that sounds like a cool gift if it's a car that you wanted and like everything's taken care of. You don't have to go to the dealership. You don't have to like deal with any of the headache of it. But if it's not the no. car you want. But if it's not, yeah, but that's a gamble. Right. But if you said that you want a blue Tesla. She would never say she wanted a sure, blue Tesla. Sure. Or whatever. If you want a blue Prius, whatever, or blue Mercedes. Why has it got to be blue? Because my car's blue. Oh. <laughs> but here's the thing is that I want a car anyways. That shouldn't be a gift. I have to have a car. So if I'm going to have a car, I want to say on what the car is and I want to pick it up. You have a dream car of like an old Mercedes as just like a hobby car. Okay. So like a dope old vintage truck. Ford truck. If he He surprised you with that. If he surprised me with that, I would be stoked. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Something he knows that you would yeah, like, love. That is not a necessity. It's yeah, that yeah. Would be like really an additive. Cool. Like, right. Yeah, because it's, yeah, I guess a functional car that you're driving all the time, you would want more say in. Yeah. That'd be like, hey, I surprised you. I got you new bed sheets. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I got a new washer and dryer. For yeah, Christmas. like what you've always wanted. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like a car. Yeah, I Yeah, I that'd agree. be a perfect gift, like dream gift. I would love a vintage truck. That's cool. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. I would get like an old car, but I also wouldn't want that to be a gift and like that much money spent on but That's a what gift I'm saying. If too. you're going to do that much money, I want to say in it. Because I'm the one who like does I don't it. know that I want to If I can definitively say that's the car I would want as a dream car, I just would never spend that much on a car to 
park in the driveway. And that's not my everyday one. So my problem would be more that. There's some such, such cool old school cars, though, that, and they do like the interiors, like all like plaid and yeah. like, oh my God, it's so if cool. Someone, if her for her. if yeah. someone else gifted me it and it didn't come out of my bank account, see, that's, oh, I would that's be, a different that's story. what I mean. I would be pumped on that. Right. Because right. if he did that, I'd be like, oh, I wanted to redo the bathroom. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah. there's other things I wanted to spend this money on. Yeah. Not giving myself this lavish. I'm gift. the same. The same. What about you? Yeah, what, what does your husband do yeah, <laughs> with like, your uh, shared bank account and gifts? Yeah. No, but what, how would you? How do you feel? Would you rather pick out your own gift, or do you want? It depends on who's giving it. Mm-hmm. It depends on who's giving it. It does. It totally does. So it's not just like a blanket statement. All right, what's the best gift you've ever gotten? What's the best gift I've ever gotten? I like thoughtful things okay to the sweater that i got you for christmas <laughs> <laughs> yes that was a good sweater no like i'll get things like if gift. someone like really like gets me like knows me you know like someone like got me stuff from cracker barrel because they know it's my favorite restaurant like that to me would mean more than wait, like wait. favorite restaurant it's my fa- it's one it's up there okay it is it's, it really is it i'm is. not lying the whole experience is what it's about. You have the general store. You have the rocking chairs, the fireplace. It's an experience. It's not like I'm like, I need to go get the hash brown casserole. I'm really craving that. <laughs> Even though I love biscuits it. Biscuits and gravy now. Yeah, but yeah. it's the whole experience. So you would like a gift bag from there that you didn't <laughs> experience going and picking out? I'm just, my point is something thoughtful that really has to do with like me and something I like is more meaningful if someone's like, I just picked out this Fan from purse for you or whatever, which I would want to pick out myself. You'd want to pick out yourself, right? That's my point. Yeah, and I stand by my point. And that's why I got her salt. And that's why (laughs) she got me salt. Yeah, (laughs) I'm easy to please. I would say easy to please. You didn't answer. You really went around the what's the best gift you've ever gotten though. I didn't. She said thoughtful gifts. Cracker. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And my point being thoughtfulness is more important. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to yeah. go with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. You like a thoughtful. Your favorite gift is a thoughtful one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Career, we learned yeah, a lot about Rachel. <laughs> she's, well, basically what she's saying is something that it's not about. I'm not going to say this for you. Not Never a mind. fancy no, expensive need, bag. Correct. But a fancy expensive bag that on their first date in Paris, she saw in the window. Right. She'd rather someone be paying attention to the things she's mentioned and yeah, send her a fucking t-shirt from Cracker Barrel. Ow. What's wrong? Am I dying? Do you, wanna, do you have um, like a P.O. box people can send Cracker Barrel gifts oh, oh to? Oh, my God. Fuck. Please. <laughs> I don't need any more Cracker Barrel things, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's just the point of thoughtfulness. But, like, really, you know, when you know some, like, if you, it's like the Cookie Monster thing we talk about all the time. Yeah. It's so weird because I don't care about that. Really? <laughs> what? I don't want to. Because Rob made it sound like, oh, that's just a general thing. Like, thought, so you don't care about that. What, wait, no, I'm saying, about? like, if Jeff were to do something really thoughtful for me I'd be like where's my bag where's my fucking <laughs> vintage truck I like it when you get me um 
Expensive clothes. Expensive shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Once again. Yeah. Thanks for playing. Shit.